to Radio War Stories with your hosts, Dave Jagger and Don Nelson. Hey, Dave, did you get both vaccinations? I did. I have uh, been duly vaccinated uh, twice. I feel like I'm a pet. Yeah. I feel like I'm someone's pet because people always ask me, do you have your shots? You know, have you ever <laughs> talked about that when you're do- with your dog? Right, yeah. Uh, well, my, he's okay. He's had his shots. Right, yeah. He won't bite you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to know you got yours because I got both of mine. That means I can come in from the park parking lot now and come in and sit down in your studio. See? Right? Awesome. Yes. Hey. Yeah, you have to walk through the, the hordes of autograph seekers. Right, exactly. <laughs> but it is a good feeling. Get it out. is. Yeah. It is a good feeling to know you're protected. You still wear the mask when you go out. Right. Uh, but I know I do, and you do too. Uh, and so many people don't after they've had those inoculations. Yeah, so I don't uh, quite you know, understand. When are we that. going to get our freedom? Well, that's, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, the one thing I came across something. I went to Josie Records. Uh, a week or so ago. That's a big record store here in Dallas. It's the Tower Records of Dallas, it, basically. It really like, is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's got uh, albums, books. If you've lived in Dallas any time, and, and if you're a if you're a vinyl collector like I am, then uh, occasionally vinyl collector. Right. Uh, but uh, I did find I spent two hours or at least browsing in there, and they just had one section. They just they didn't know where to put them, so they just called it library these were the the this album that i found was just in library it was library it was some place that they couldn't find a category for Mm -hmm. and this is a album a 33 and a third lp of the columbia school of broadcasting wow phase two now, phase two, in other words, uh, these were, phase one is when you started the course, and then phase two, phase this. Correct. Oh, okay. And yeah. every one of them has, some, now they, they're supposed to come with a book, a manual, and scripts, you mm-hmm. know, uh, practice yeah. scripts and things like that. Uh, obviously, I just found the album. Uh, those other things are wow. long gone for whoever the original owner was. How many people do you suppose took? these courses over the years and how many of them actually got into broadcasting you know that's a really good question and now you and uh, G. Laverne bought a radio station from Elkins yeah from Tom Elkins right yeah Uh and uh, you know that was about the only dealings that uh, we had had with him yeah but tom you know had had uh, huge schools in a number of places including here in dallas Mm -hmm. Uh, and there were a lot of graduates of these schools there were and what i'm going to get into and i did some research on this uh looking up these different schools that were around there the most Mm -hmm. popular ones were elkins institute dallas atlanta oklahoma city um, Columbia School of Broadcasting, which is still open, by the way, is it really? Um, wow. Has uh, still has locations all over the place, uh-huh. uh, all over the country. One of them that started in Kentucky and ended up uh, making their headquarters in Detroit was Spex Howard. Uh-huh. Right. Spex Howard, I've got a story about that one coming up in a few minutes. <laughs> but uh, Elkins was actually, and I didn't know this, was put out of business by the IRS. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I guess they got into some financial problems and Mm. had to file for bankruptcy, and then somebody else came along and bought the schools. Uh 
But they ran it into ground even worse. They didn't maintain the equipment uh, and stuff. But didn't didn't Elkins have a, a super uh, graduate from their Oklahoma City school? They did, and his name was Charlie Tuna. Right. So. One of the, if not the only one, but one <laughs> of the few that's come out of a broadcasting school. Yeah. That has uh, that was really a success in in the business. Did you ever work with anybody who had been to a broadcast school? No. And that's kind of part of the story that I'm going to tell about oh, Specs Howard. Didn't mean to get ahead no, of No, that's you okay. <laughs> You're not getting ahead of me. But uh, Columbia and most of the schools, really, uh, Elkins was this way too. They were, Elkins was more on the technical side. You could go to Elkins and get your first phone. Remember right. that? Oh, those first phones. Right? Oh, yeah. Got to have your, your first class FCC <laughs> technical license. And they were expensive to do. And it was, it really was a technical study. I mean, a lot of yeah. math. And, hey, I had trouble with my third class. Yeah, man, I did too. I think a lot of us did. <laughs> How do you we take, had to take those that, meter readings? <laughs> yeah, had to take, had to have that for the meter readings. Um, a lot of people went to these schools under something called a Pell Grant. A Pell Grant. That's P -E -L -L. familiar. P-E-L-L. Right. Yeah. And it was a United States government issued money, almost like a like a school loan, uh, but these were for trade schools. Uh, so you could yeah. go use it at, at a trade school or a radio broadcasting school or any other kind a of welding school or exactly. whatever. That's right, what a yeah. Pell Grant is for. The problem with that was, as, as uh, concerning uh, the radio schools, was that the radio schools, Elkins, Columbia, didn't care after a while. All they wanted was that Pell Grant money. Right. So, and I had, uh, I read things online where people were saying, I went to Columbia School of Broadcasting or Elkins, and 95% of the people that went to those schools didn't care about getting into broadcasting. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to be able to do something. And most of them where they said were very untalented yeah, they would have been a lot better off going to welding school correct with their it's, bell grant yeah exactly yeah. i would imagine you got you know people in there that had really bad uh you know i'm from oklahoma city and i want to be a disc jockey yeah, or, i worked with a couple of those i know you did <laughs> Or maybe, uh, you know, maybe heavy Hispanic uh, or uh, some kind of an ethnic uh, uh, dialect to your speech. Mm -hmm. Didn't care, man. The government would give them money and they would go to these schools and try to, you know, become DJs and, and radio announcers. Um, but uh, the st story I wanted to tell about Specs Howard, and it's my favorite, was... <laughs> uh, we lost we lost a producer we were in between producers okay so we called the guy at specs howard over in detroit and we thought what the hell we'll go ahead and see if he has anybody that might fit the job and i'm thinking i've never done this we didn't interview jerry and i had three people that we looked at their stuff that they sent us because uh, the guy said oh i've got three people that'll be great for you that'll be great producers any one of them but all right, so they sent the first one, and he came from, I don't know, Flint or someplace over on the east side of Michigan, and he drove down all morning long, and he came in, and uh, the first question, the very first question both Jerry and I asked all of these people was, so what did you think of the show when you were driving in? And all three of them answered the same way. Oh, I didn't listen. <laughs> okay. 
And and what was the second question? <laughs> we couldn't believe it. So they're coming to work for you. They uh, want to, to come to work to for us. To produce your show. Yes. And they don't bother to listen. And we're on the air while they're driving to the studios. Right. They didn't listen to the show. And you guys weren't that bad. I, I, I mean, come well, on. I didn't think we were. <laughs> I, uh, the next one was a girl from the lakeshore, so she didn't have that far to drive, maybe a half an hour. And she drove up, and we asked her the same question, and she goes, oh, I didn't listen. But my mom won't let me touch her radio. She's got it set a certain way and knows if anybody messes with her radio. And I'm thinking, you can't retune your mom's radio on the car? So Jerry looked at her and said, in your next interview, you might want to consider listening to the show before you you know come in to talk to somebody when she came in and after she had left the receptionist said yeah i'm here to interview for a, a job with i think is it dave and jerry and this wlav uh-huh okay. no it's a wlht close oh right? yeah i knew it was one of something like that lav's part of your now lav was a classic rock station so right no had nothing to do with us she didn't even know what station she was going to come in and talk to us but about. but she was a graduate uh she was a graduate of Spex howard okay and then the third person was the exact same way mm -hmm. no clue didn't listen had no idea uh, what does a producer do? And these people were rec uh, were recommended by the guy that ran Spex Howard. Well, well, so no no preliminaries, nothing, just let it fly. Huh? That's like you getting a guy coming in, and you may have had him, you probably did through the years, looking for a sales job or something, and never sold anything in his life. You know, I, well, no, I was a mail carrier. Um, okay, and you want to sell radio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's funny, though, that, that people actually do, that does happen. And, and people just walk in off the street and decide, I'm going to be a radio guy. Yeah. 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 Even to this day, people still think, oh, it's just radio. It can't be that hard. <laughs> you just go in and open up a microphone and start talking or say this is and that was. There can't be much skill to it. Uh -huh. uh, so it's unfortunate that people uh, look at it still to this day that way. And I never try to discourage anybody. You got to wonder over that. the years how much money was actually spent going to broadcast schools. And that's it. That's these Pell Grants. And that's what this thing, these Pell Grants, a waste of government money, according to this uh, text that I downloaded. Uh, it says a majority of the people that get Pell Grants for broadcasting schools are barely literate. The broadcasting schools really don't care if they can read. They just want the Pell Grant money. Though they went on to become GMs. Probably. <laughs> None of these illiterate Pell Grant Broadcasting School graduates ever get jobs. But you see them advertise looking for jobs in the back of Radio World back when it was a thing. It'd be much better system if a prospective applicant to a broadcasting school on a Pell Grant had to take some kind of English skills test. <laughs> these illiterate Pell Grant Broadcast School students also... Uh, hold back the few students in the classes that are paying cash and have some communication skills. And I'll, I agree with that, which is why I never even considered. Now, I was lucky. My 
the college I went to had broadcasting uh, right. radio, TV, film courses, and of course that's what and, I did. And you know, we had in Indianapolis, Butler University had an excellent radio television department there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we hired uh, and worked with a number of people from that school, including some of our our folks who went on to do great things, like Gary Havens, uh, who came in as a I'm not sure what, but he left Wire as a program director, and he had gone on to New York and other markets. Yeah. Uh, yeah so there were some some excellent mm-hmm. broadcasts from college schools, but college level. College right. level stuff was completely different because that's an entire course of study, and you got to have all your other academic classes to go along. But with. even there, unfortunately, the people teaching the college level courses were, as a rule, people who could not make it in the industry could not make it in the industry yeah. so they went off to college yeah. right. we yeah. had a I had one or two uh, teachers like that now the best part about having a teacher that had been was a guy by the name of don Kauser, uh when i went to college and he was one of the teachers uh and instructors and he this is a guy i listened to on kono for growing up uh-huh. he was a hero Right. And uh, so when I got to take take a I got to take a chance with or take a class with Don Kowser, everybody did. And he taught an announcing class. Mm-hmm. You know what Don taught us more than anything else? What's that? He just taught us by telling us stories. Yeah. He rarely we never cracked a book. He didn't have any tests or anything. Uh-huh. He just kind of we just had a big class discussion hey does that mean instead of podcast maybe you and i could uh, become professors yes i think you know what i actually after i got kicked to the curb i did call uh uh, one of the local colleges grand valley state and i said hey you know you guys have any like a part-time instructor thing or anything and well no we don't really teach that much radio anymore okay Uh, okay hey by the way uh bite me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much exactly put your headphones on for a second all right the columbia school of broadcasting album um <laughs> was so funny and i had to uh i had to put a couple of deals on here because they were just ideal so this guy said there are two things you always need to watch out for this is the first one a few of these habits are discussed in your written material but the two most important habits we want to emphasize right here. The most important habit you can develop is to absolutely eliminate any profanity or obscenity from your regular daily speech. Starting this very instant, make up your mind that you will never again, under any circumstances, say one word of profanity. If you've been used to using any swear words or obscenities at all in your ordinary speech, you will soon discover that in spite of this resolve, you will still occasionally find yourself using them. A moment's thought will tell you that if this happens in your daily speech when you do not want it to happen, it would happen sometime when you're on the air. And if it happens once when you're on the air, you'd be out of a job. Out of a job that instant, and you'd have a tough time getting the next job with that on your record. So now is the time to get to work on absolutely eliminating profanity and obscenity from your daily speech. (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. And that's that's the first and most important. Well, obviously, one. that's a very old recording because now it sort of makes nineteen seventy four. Really? Yes. Oh, I, okay. I thought it would have been from the you know the nineteen thirty four. Well, it's on a on a on an LP there, but uh, I was stunned when I saw it was seventy four. And then his second habit to get rid of. The second most important habit you can develop is to eliminate slang from your daily speech. Slang may be part of your normal environment, but it's a shortcut vocabulary and tends to make the listener have less respect for the person who uses it. On radio, this effect is magnified even further. Furthermore, just as with swearing, unless you eliminate slang from your daily speech, it will creep into your announcing. <laughs> Eliminating slang from your speech does not mean you should speak in formal, stilted like English or that you should use big, ponderous words. It does not mean that you cannot speak in a colorful manner. <laughs> Listen to the great network announcers, and you will hear them being exciting, colorful, often humorous, but not slangy. If they ever use slang, it is for one single studied effect, not because of an accident. <laughs> so right this moment, eliminate slang words from your speech. Words like chick, <laughs> hip, loot, bread, cat, daddy, baby, and the like. <laughs> Eliminate slang from your talk, even with your closest friends, and you will never be in trouble from using it unexpectedly on the air. <laughs> I don't know how you and I ever got a job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chick, <laughs> baby, don't say those things. <laughs> that just cracked me up. And I've heard this guy's bef uh, voice before. I know I have. He just—he yeah, he sounds like somebody on a, a news. Uh, he does. Yeah, news doesn't guy he? yeah like a news right. guy or something. Right. Uh, but yeah, they do that. They give you uh, a copy of uh, newscasts to uh, record. Uh -huh. uh, the radio station that they use is uh, made up, obviously, WXXX Chicago, the big sound, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> And don't use time as a filler. Time is very important, but you don't have to give it. There's no rule that says you have to give the time. <laughs> you might say something like, this is WXXX Chicago, the big sound of ta in town. It's 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't recall ever interviewing uh, a candidate for uh, an on-air yeah. on job who had attended a school. Yeah. the uh, And like you said, most of them were college kids or whatever that had taken some courses. But those Pell Grants is probably the yeah. reason why. Well, if I'd, I'd, never if heard I'd of known those. about the Pell Grants, uh, hell, I would have taken the yeah. course. Yeah, right. and yeah. they still exist. Wow. You can still get a Pell Grant for this kind of thing. Let's do that. <laughs> That's right. All right. We'd be, we'd be uh, shining examples of good students, wouldn't we? <laughs> Dave, Don, why don't you read this for us? Yeah. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog's back. How is that? Can I get a job now? Yeah. So uh, the broadcasting schools, bless their hearts, tried as best they could, but... Uh, I guess they just fell into states of disrepair for their studios and their buildings and lost money and on and on. Pretty amazing, really yeah. is. But of course, uh, today, you know, uh, maybe one of them will be owned by uh, iHeart. That's what isn't whatever they used Very to. Very possible. Yeah, iHeart's now something else, right? It's, uh, I can't. They keep changing names. I, I know. Yeah. No, no, that was Intercom. No, that was Intercom. Intercom changed to Odyssey. 
A U D A C Y. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I heart still I heart. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This week. This week. Absolutely. <laughs> so, kids, if you're out there wondering whether there are any broadcasting schools to go to, yes, there are. Go to college. Do Don and I recommend them? We're not going to say, but we recommend going to college. <laughs> and a lot of college radio stations do really well in, in their smaller towns. You know, yeah, Absolutely. They're a, an integral part of the community. They are. Yeah. And uh, kids learn a lot, and it's a better way to learn how to do radio. Uh, nobody says, even if you have a degree already, nobody says you have to go back, have to go back for another degree. Mm-hmm. Just go back and take some, some radio courses if you want to. Absolutely. Better way to do it at a college. Now, we, however, with Don and Dave's new school of broadcast. Yes. Yeah, we'll be happy to teach you. Just give us those Pell Grants. Right, we'll just... sign up for a, a deal with the government so we can take your money. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I can think of better things to do at, at this point in my life, and I'm sure you you can too. Me too. Me too. Thank you, Don. We'll see you next time. Hey, Dave, stay safe. Great to see you. Thanks for listening to Radio War Stories. We'll be back next week.